Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. Yes, my show. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be a part of this program. You're welcome to try. Got to get past the call screener. In fact, I'm going to go to someone who did get past the call screener because Charlie and I were actually kind of fascinated by this. The number of people who have an interest in, opinion about, or expertise in batteries and electric cars is just – I talked about this yesterday that the number up – the uptake in electric vehicles in this country and around the world is far higher than people expected, but it really comes because of a surge in demand in Europe. What Bloomberg News is not reporting – they're the ones who ran the story yesterday. What they're not actually reporting is that the reason for the rapid uptake in Europe is because uh, fossil fuel burning vehicles are having to meet such strident metrics that costs have gone up and people are getting fined. Gasoline prices have been artificially inflated to be out of people's reach, so they're being forced into electric cars. Now, the downside of that is that in colder weather, electric batteries don't perform as well. And there's just a convoluted mess of a situation as a result. So I actually want to go to Roger, who is talking about this, uh, got some thoughts on this. Roger, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for taking my call, sir. Sure. Uh, One of the comments that uh, I wanted to make is there's a technology out there that's been around for many years, which is called solid hydrogen. Yes. And it's absolutely green and has 100% recyclability of the hydrogen storage, and it's at room temperature and not under pressure. So it's incredibly safe. Um, and one of the funny things uh, I said to uh, told the, your screener, my father actually had an electric car dealership back in the mid-'70s, and it was uh, 55 miles an hour for 55 miles running on lead-acid batteries that also were – hard to recycle, but can be recycled. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third comment was uh, Henry Ford actually uh, developed the Model T engines to run on ethanol and methanol, which is very green. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I remember I remember reading the the, the Henry Ford one, um, and you know, there there have been elaborate conspiracies that have developed over the years of kind of like you hear with pharmaceutical companies that that they're they they won't cure cancer because that otherwise they can't sell drugs and the same thing. There are all sorts of conspiracy theories about the fossil fuel industry and and what they will and will not do, et cetera. But on the electric car issue, the hydrogen one, that's the one that intrigues me, and it's the petroleum industry that actually has been advocating uh, hydrogen and hydrogen power and hydrogen cars as opposed to even uh, liquid propane cars. And interestingly enough, it's environmentalists who have been opposed to the petroleum companies uh, producing hydrogen and hydrogen pump stations, and they've been seeding the fear, of course. It's all the Hindenburg fear of, oh, my gosh, these things, they'll blow up and we'll all die, uh, when actually they made it very, very safe. The problem, however, is that if you allow the petrochemical companies that have advocated hydrogen to do hydrogen, you're not going to put them out of business. And that's not my conspiracy theory here. This is within the Green New uh, I shouldn't say the Green New Deal movement, the environmentalist movement. They don't like the idea of existing petrochemical companies moving towards hydrogen because they really want to put them out of business. 
to show real progress on the environment. Uh, now, the other problem with hydrogen, there are some problems with hydrogen, but I actually think there are probably less problems than with some of the battery issues. But there are a lot of hydrogen pump stations out there. And how do you how do you uh, get people adjusted to it? Uh, there are all sorts of problems. But, you know, there are all sorts of problems as well on the issue of batteries. It's just fundamentally, philosophically, let's say let's just say we need to move away from fossil fuels that we really do. They're trying to rush it, and in trying to rush it, they're driving up costs, and that's going to foster resentment. And it's actually going to make it harder for them to move away from fossil fuels by not producing a rational path forward uh, other than we're going to punish people and drive up their costs. It's just it, – it's it's interesting. It, it really is interesting to watch this uh, play out with environmentalists who are so desperate. But it's like nuclear power as well. You cannot really get away from uh, fossil fuels without nuclear power. And much of the environmentalist movement out there is opposed to nuclear power in large part because uh, they, they're they scared of it. They're, they're scared of the, the old disasters. They're scared of Fukushima and, and no one wants to invest in fusion, which actually fusion I'm fascinated by, as I mentioned yesterday. But look, we, we got to move on from the energy topics. Let me get to David here. David, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. How you doing today? Great. What's going on? I just wanted to make a quick comment about that email that you got. And I know you don't need me to tell you, but you're doing a great job. We enjoy the way that you, you know, give us the news. You give us your opinion everything. You know, it, these naysayers, if they don't like it, they can go listen to one of those five five songs an hour radio stations. And, <laughs> you know, you just keep it up, man. Well, we look, <laughs> I, I appreciate it very much, David. I really do. Um, it, it, I, I do know what I'm doing here, I think. The ratings suggest I know what I'm doing. I mean, for, for perspective, I was the during the summer as the Braves were were making their way towards the World Series. I was the number one show in Atlanta, uh, even against them, and against all the music stations too. I I, I kind of know I think what I'm doing. I will tell you though. I, let me let me pull the veil back. I I really didn't want to talk about this, but I, let me pull the veil back all the way. More than some would be comfortable with with me doing. You know, back in 2016, I didn't support Trump. I didn't for a lot of reasons character being chief among them. And everyone was thought, oh my gosh, you know, your wife's got cancer. You, you, you need your health insurance. You're going to lose your job. I am, to my knowledge, the only radio show host in America who vocally opposed Donald Trump in 2016, who still has a job. And not only that, my ratings went up. My audience expanded. Not just the libs, you might think, if you're, if you're a Trump supporter. It's a lot of people. And it came from advice from Rush. We had a long talk about this. He was very worried about me. I got into radio because of him. Uh, he, he pushed me into radio. I really wasn't sure I wanted to do it. And he said, you got to build a relationship with your audience. you got to talk about stuff other than just the headlines. Be relatable. And there are people, like some of the people who have emailed or, or left voicemails, who just think, you know, I just want to hear your opinion about the news of the day. I want to hear what's going on. I, want to, I don't care about your life. I don't care about your kids. don't care about your wife's cancer. I, I don't care about anything. But most people actually are tired of politics and they want to talk about other stuff and they want to be able to relate to the person behind the microphone. And I try to be as open, transparent and relatable as I possibly can with people uh, and and live life with you because a lot of people are just looking for someone to recognize they're going through something in life. They're going through an experience in life and 
I'm going through a lot of experiences in life, y'all. And so we get to share them together. Some people don't like it. They got plenty of other stuff to listen to. Uh, but I will just say that I think I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for a decade and the ratings have gone up. The listenership has grown. Uh, so now that I know what I'm doing, I'm telling myself it's time to move on to other things. And one of those things are the experts. Because the experts are out telling us today from Moody and other groups that Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan will not cause inflation because it's paid for. Now, I want to be I I I I want to be charitable. I want to be analytical here. What do they mean by it's paid for? Because you know Joe Biden says it's going to cost nothing. To get through the Senate, it has to cost nothing, but it costs something, obviously. It's it's several trillion dollars. What are they talking about here? What they mean by this, so let, let, let me deal with inflation first. Inflation is there is more money in the economy swirling around than there are goods. And so the price of goods must go up because there's so much money, we got to balance the supply-demand curve. It is Economics 101 that the demand for something and the supply of something balance out over time. So if you have a large supply of money in the economy, there is going to be more demand for stuff. But that stuff can only be manufactured at a certain rate and there's a supply chain crisis. So in order to balance the supply of money and the demand for goods, the demand curve shifts so that the supply and demand balance out at a price point that's higher than it had been in order to slow the demand because there just aren't enough goods to go around. Because there is so much more money to go around than there are goods to go around, people can buy a limited – more people can buy a limited quantity of, of things, so the price of those things goes up to balance the supply-demand curve. It just – it happens it, of nat- naturally. You put in price caps or you put in price floors, it makes the situation even worse. The Democrats, for example, wish to put in a price cap on uh, gas prices that will make gas scarce. Why? Because the supply and the demand will not be able to balance out to equal each other. So you will have gas shortages if you do that. Bad idea, Democrats. Some of them are talking about it today. The problem with the inflation, you you dump all the money in, there's more money to buy goods. Well, then you have inflation. The reason the experts say that the Build Back Better plan won't contribute to inflation is they say that even though they're dumping $2 trillion into the economy, they're going to raise $2 trillion in taxes. So they're going to take $2 trillion out of one portion of the economy as they put $2 trillion into another portion of the economy. In other words, they're going to redirect portions of government spending upwards of $2 trillion, and they're going to tax billionaires and corporations to get it. So they're taking money out of one part of the economy and putting it in another part. That's why they say it won't cause inflation. Here's the problem. Corporations in particular and rich people are very good at getting out of taxes. And the common consensus here is that the Democrats are banking on balancing out the taxes and the spending to get it through the Senate on reconciliation to avoid a filibuster. If you in the Senate with reconciliation spend, but you pay for that spending with tax increases, 
twice a year, you can get it by the Senate without ever having to deal with the filibuster. So they're trying to do that. Here's the problem with the experts and with the Democrats. They get a lot of stuff wrong. And in particular, in this case, everyone knows it is an open secret in Washington. The Democrats do not actually expect that all of their taxes will go through. The Democrats do not actually expect that their projections for tax revenue will be met. In other words, in reality, they all know they're going to put more into the economy than they're going to take out of it, more money. That is going to cause inflation, and the experts get it wrong. And the experts have gotten so much wrong. You know, uh, Tom Nichols on Twitter, he's a big defender of expertise and experts, and we need experts. The problem is the experts are getting a ton of stuff wrong in the country right now. They got inflation wrong. The Democratic experts got inflation wrong. They ignored the experts who said there was going to be inflation and said, no, there's not. We're the experts now. They got it wrong. There's inflation. They got all the climate stuff wrong. They got the Paris Accord wrong, pulling out of the Paris Accord. They, they got the Iran deal wrong. They got killing uh, Soleimani wrong. They've gotten China wrong. They've gotten North Korea wrong. They've gotten energy wrong. They've gotten COVID wrong. They've gotten education wrong. They keep getting all of these things wrong, so why should we listen to them? And here's the biggest problem, and, and this, is, this is the truth. The fair and honest truth of the matter is there are a lot of people who are experts in certain fields The media, however, has allowed them to expand their expertise into other fields that then discredits their expertise globally. That's the real problem here. Someone who is an expert on inflation is not an expert on COVID, and yet the media allows them to be an expert on all this stuff when they're not, and it discredits them and expertise in general. And a lot of the people who have claimed expertise on COVID and expertise on inflation and expertise on education, they're not experts in those fields. And yet the media treats them as such, including now, the people saying inflation is no big deal. They've been getting it wrong for a year. This hour of this year program is brought to you by my friends at First Liberty Building Alone. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the early 90s. They know how to do it. They want to help your business grow. If you need access to large loans, six figures and up, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. All right. Uh, y'all hang on on the phones here. Uh, I, I, y'all, I, I just, I keep getting distracted by all the headlines out there. Uh, but I, I, I got to spend a moment on the inflation stuff because Larry Summers, if you will recall, after the election came out, uh, I think in Jan- it was in January in the Washington post. And he said, guys, if you put as much money into the economy as you're about to with the COVID relief package, you're going to spark inflation. Don't do it. And all of the Democrats in Congress came out and said, yeah, we, we've done the math. We're going to be fine here. Well, now Steve Ratner, who was the uh, counselor to the Treasury Secretary in the Obama administration, is in the New York Times. Enough already about transitory inflation. Last Wednesday's terrible consumer price index news shifts our inflation prospects strongly into the embedded category. Prices are up 6.2% from a year ago, the largest increase in 30 years. While not likely to morph into the double-digit inflation I covered for the New York Times four years ago, four decades ago, 
prices may well rise fast enough to trigger higher interest rates, higher financing costs, make it more expensive for consumers and businesses to borrow, which in turn throttles growth. Inflation had already been tagged as a factor in the Democrats' awful election results this month and in the president's sagging poll numbers. It also threatens the passage of the Build Back Better plan, which includes expansive new initiatives to address climate change as well as important programs like paid family leave. But last Thursday, Joe Manchin suggested he may want to delay consideration until next year. For the Biden administration, which long insisted prices would rise more slowly, inflation is now its biggest challenge. How could the administration, loaded with savvy political and economic hands, have gotten it so wrong? They can't say they weren't warned, notably by Larry Summers and less notably by many others, including me. Essentially, he goes on to say, Steve Rentner says, that they ignored him. They ignored Larry Summers. They they said they knew better. They knew best. And the result now is inflation is on the rise. Y'all, we have not, if you, so I am in my mid-40s. If you are my age or younger, you do not know inflation. It has not existed in our lifetimes where we have a memory of it. The Reagan administration came in with what was a Paul Volcker as the as the chairman of the Federal Reserve, and Reagan knew to stop inflation, he would have to destroy his political coalition in Congress. He and Volcker came up with a plan. Paul Volcker raised interest rates. It choked the economy. It sent us into a major recession in the early 80s. But it worked. It stopped the Jimmy Carter inflation. That was getting out of control. It stopped it. And then Reagan was able to, on a bipartisan basis, alter the American tax code to a pro-growth tax code and started really a 30, 40-year economic engine in this country that only really got suffocated by Barack Obama. And Donald Trump tried to put it back together, and the Democrats right now are trying to scuttle it again. And we're going to have interest rates go up. It's also going to impact the federal budget because as your interest rates go up, the federal debt service payments also have to go up, which means taxes have to go up, which means we're headed to a very dark place financially in this country thanks to Joe Biden. And the Democrats, it's going to get so bad. They know where this is headed. They know they're going to lose in 2022. The problem for the Democrats is they're starting to sweat bullets about 2024 They don't think they got a bench. They know Biden's not running. Harris isn't fit. Buttigieg has no experience. And high interest rates and recession are on the way. And Biden, not the Republicans, Biden is going to get blamed for this stuff. They're really starting to get scared about the lay of the land headed not to 2022, but to 2024. It's going to have a real economic impact on them. When we come back, we got some phone calls I want to take and then move on into the lay of the land. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this here program, is 877-973-7425. Someone called earlier, we we have a phone number for the, like, behind-the-scenes stuff at the show, if you need to get one of us, and some poor soul found that number and can't figure out how to get on air with me. Just calling the wrong number. I give the right number all the time. 877-973-7425. 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I want to go to Mike, who's been waiting patiently. Mike, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, thank you for letting me on your show. Sure. 
Yeah, uh, I have a definition for expert. I, I used to be called an expert because I had to drive 40 miles to a problem. So, <laughs> But the one I liked best was a drip under pressure. Get it? Expert. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 you know, and, and that's, that's kind of what it is. It, it's kind of a shame that the expert class in this country has just become so, I guess, broken to some degree by partisanship. Uh, because when you think about it, uh, so they, uh, the experts, who are they? The the foreign policy experts in the United States, they said if Donald Trump pulled us out of the Paris Accord, the rest of the world would turn against us and, and might impose economic sanction on us for getting out of it. He got out of it and nothing happened. Uh, experts, foreign policy experts said if the president moved the American embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, that it would start a Middle Eastern war. It did not. The experts said if he killed Kasim Soleimani, it would start a war. It did not. Uh, what else have the experts gotten wrong? Well, the the experts have gotten time and time again all their projections on global warming wrong, said they keep moving the goalposts to say they've gotten them right. The experts, remember in the 70s, said we were all going to be out of oil, and we're not. The experts said we would have mass uh, starvation on the planet. We haven't. Experts continue to get things wrong, and the experts said we would not have inflation if the Democrats passed their COVID relief plan, and now we've got the inflation, and now they're saying, hey, we're not going to have inflation if you do this one. The same damn people who told us we wouldn't have inflation on the last thing are telling us we're not going to have it now. I don't understand why we should keep listening to these people. Uh, it just it boggles the mind. John, uh, I'm going to go to you. Okay, Charlie and I, I got to tell you, we're both a little perplexed on the number of people calling in about electric vehicles. I'm I'm actually kind of floored. I have hit on a topic that resonates with the audience totally by accident. John, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. <laughs> I was I was talking to you there for a second. I, I said uh, Charlie and I are perplexed by this. We have hit on a topic by accident that we are just getting flooded with phone calls from people who have strong opinions on electric vehicles. Yes, sir. I've uh, well, let me start out by saying I, I created a go kart that uh, is battery powered. And I was able to put a generator on the back that charges the battery. That go-kart, I can drive it from here in Atlanta all the way to California, never have to stop at a charging station. So why can't they do that with a vehicle? Okay, so wait a second. You've got an electric go-kart that you can get from here to California without a charge. Well, I think I can, but, you know, if nothing breaks. Yeah, if nothing breaks, yeah. (laughs) So is it solar-powered or what, just a battery? Just the battery. Wow. But as the wheels are turned, it, it charges the battery and it keeps it going. Uh-huh. It will it will literally never stop. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why, why can't they do that with a normal vehicle? Why do you have to stop at a power station on a power grid to charge a battery of a car that has four wheels turning that can charge all those batteries? Um, as you're driving. So I I I would 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 tell you um, my answer is physics. Uh, there there's the conserv- rule of the conservation of energy. Um, you you can't so your energy dissipates over time. So I I just I I wouldn't think that your go kart could get all the way to California on a, on a single battery charge because of the the laws of of energy and thermodynamics. Now I'm just now listen. 
I'm I'm not a physics expert, but I knew no do know basic physics and perpetual motion machines. We we can't create them because as the energy goes out from the battery to go to the wheels to spin the wheels, then you turn generators that produce new energy that goes back, but it can't produce as much energy as went into the wheels because the energy just doesn't go into the spinning of the wheels. It also comes out in the form of heat, in the form of friction that goes out into the roads. So the energy that you put out when the wheels charge generators, and Teslas do this, they charge generators. This is how they get longer uh, battery life than otherwise. Essentially, they have small little generators. You know, basically what you're doing is you're turning copper wire around a magnet to generate electricity. That's uh, You remember this experiment in high school and elementary school? You wrap a nail with a copper wire, you move a magnet back and forth, and you can feel the, the electricity come out of it? You can feel the electrons being pushed along. Well, what actually is happening here is with electric cars, they do this as well. So when the wheels spin, they're also spinning tiny generators that generate some power that comes back into the car. But you can't actually uh, produce an equal amount of energy going back into the battery because some of that energy comes out in other ways, expressed as friction along the road. The wheels eventually have to be replaced because the tires are causing friction. Friction is heat energy. Some of your energy is going to spin the wheels and some of it is getting lost along the way. Uh, so you never get the same amount back in. Otherwise, you would have a perpetual motion machine, and perpetual motion machines defy the laws of physics. Perpetual motion machines defy the laws of physics because your energy leaks in various ways. And again, I'm not an expert, but it is physics 101 that perpetual motion machines can't work. My grandfather claimed eons ago, my, my dad's dad was an inventor, that he had some sort of perpetual motion machine and never really put it together before he died, but it just defies the laws of physics, I'm afraid. Okay. Now, I'm going to move on from battery-powered vehicles because there's all the other stuff that I had wanted to talk about. And one of them is the Aspen Institute. The Aspen Institute is a think tank of the American elite, and it leans decidedly to the left. And the the Washington Free Beacon has a story out about the fine folks at the Aspen Institute who want to do something about misinformation and disinformation. They've put together, I don't know if you know this, uh, a commission on information disorder. Do you know who they have on this commission? I, I wish I was making this up. Katie Couric is on this commission. Katie Couric acknowledged she edited comments of Ruth Bader Ginsburg about the national anthem protests to keep the full truth of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's opinions secret. And then there's Rashad Robinson. He's also on the commission. He advanced Jesse Smollett's hate crimes claims even after it was disproven. Commission members, this is from the Washington Free Beacon. Commission member censorship of legitimate news stories could undercut their lofty mission. The commission blamed decreasing levels of public trust in public institutions for the crisis, which it dubbed a whole of society problem that can have life or death consequences. And it calls on Congress and the White House to take action to counteract disinformation. Sure does. Yoel Roth, the head of the of site integrity at Twitter, blocked access to an October 14, 2020 New York Post article regarding Hunter Biden's emails. Roth told the Federal Election Commission 
He blocked the story in part because the intelligence community had briefed him that foreign governments might release hacked materials prior to the election. No evidence has emerged that Biden's laptop was stolen or hacked. Twitter founder Jack Dorsey acknowledged the company should not have blocked links to the story. The Aspen Commission report criticized Twitter and other social media companies for failures to rein in disinformation, but does not cite Twitter's censorship of the Biden article. You know, uh, what's his name? The the prince, uh, Harry. Harry is on this commission. Harry, who is from a country where they regularly sue the press and win if they're royal because there is no First Amendment there. He doesn't understand the First Amendment. Y'all, I, I tried to resist it. I tried to resist landing here. But I have arrived where so many of my friends arrived before me. To this world where I must recognize and you must recognize that we really are in a divided America where we, we it's harder and harder to be a United States. And it is largely because of a phenomenon that, that I've been increasingly aware of and mindful of and talked about where we have a country where the elite in this country, they live in a world unlike the rest of us. And they too believe mythologies they too believe things that are not so. And yet the elite, because they are the elite, seek to impose their mythologies on the rest of us. And in so doing, what they do is denounce things that we believe that they think are not true. And oftentimes what we believe is really true. Let's just focus on the Hunter Biden laptop situation for a moment. Social media outlets led by Twitter blocked any reference to the New York Post story on Hunter Biden. It was a story done by an actual legitimate historic press outlet. They not only suspended the New York Post's Twitter account for sharing the story, but they blocked other people who tried to share the story. They did this. They they the, the Twitter did this. The global elite cheered on Twitter because they said it was a disinformation campaign by the Russians to benefit Donald Trump. It turns out every last bit of the story was true. In fact, it was worse than we originally knew. And these people want to censor the information that you and I have. You know, they're coming after talk radio again. The Biden administration is putting in charge of talk radio at the FCC a woman who believes that we should be censored from telling you the truth. Yeah, I, in all honesty, in all candor, in all seriousness, I tend to believe that I am more reasonable than some of my counterparts and I'm less likely to buy into some of the craziness out there and uh, more likely to believe some of the well-reported sources out there. I, I, I have for years kind of put up a checklist of the reporters that I tend to read and think this person probably is more there than not there. And I, I, I don't go down the Alex Jones rabbit hole of thinking that uh, there are false flag operations when kids get killed in schools and stuff like that. And I am concerned myself about the level of misinformation and disinformation out there, whether it's COVID or the election, the number of people who send me well-meaning, thoughtful, 
ideas and concerns about me and my views because they've seen something on the internet. I I am concerned by that. But, you know, I, I don't think that that stuff should be censored. You know, the way you're supposed to deal with misinformation and disinformation is to produce better information, more accurate information. The reason we have a misinformation and a disinformation problem in this country is not because of people putting up YouTube pages with conspiracy theories. It's because no one trusts the institutions that are supposed to be honest and fair. When Twitter and major news outlets will gang up on the New York Post for producing a true and real story about Hunter Biden, the problem is not the story. The problem is the other media outlets. For all of the hand-wringing in the media about fairness and protections of the press, they don't care about protecting press outlets like Fox News. They, they don't. They want to shut Fox News down too. They don't like the competition. They don't want another news network that could expose them as themselves spreading distorted information. The media rushed forward on the Jesse Smollett story. He claimed that Trump supporters in MAGA hats had beat him up in Chicago. Turns out he had hired the people to do it. He wanted the attention or some such. He was, what, his Nigerian trainer or something? Major members of the media made it a big deal. You can say the media did not, but prominent members of the media did. We were all there. We all witnessed it. Maybe it's them and their credibility that's from, but they can't, they, they're not self-reflective enough to realize that they themselves have a credibility problem. And they should not be preaching about other people's credibility when they're the ones who have one. You know, along the way, uh, a lot of progressives have fostered organizations to advance these these claims. Uh, one of them is, is a site called Credo Mobile. It's, it's actually a cell phone company. And progressives realized that they could start a cell phone company and they could use the profits of that company to fund the left-wing cause. There was a story out the other day that in 2020, progressives got more dark money from shadowy groups than conservatives got. They, they were outfunded by the left, in large part funneling their money through foreign entities and corporations who were then funneling super PACs. So a friend of mine on the right decided, you know what, we should not be surrendering in this field. We should be fighting back with conservative companies. Let's do our own cell phone company. And they came up with Patriot Mobile. I'm so proud to work with these guys. They're Christians and conservatives, and they fund the conservative cause. Your money together pooled with Patriot Mobile, their profits, goes to fund the conservative cause, the pro-life cause, the Second Amendment cause, the causes you care about. Not only that, they have 100% U.S.-based customer service. They are conservatives and Christians and share your values. They are not woke. And you can get free activation by using my name if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. That's patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. They got 5G. They got wireless. They got data plans they, all over the country. You can call them if you want to talk to someone on, on the phone. It is 972-PATRIOT is their phone number. They can move your existing cell phone number to them. They can give you a new number, give you a new phone, or use your current unlocked phone with Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. You do business with a company that fights for your side of the aisle, that shares your values and is willing to see those values funded and supported around the country. PatriotMobile.com. All right. Time is running out. You can text the word recipe to 33777 and get on that list before I start sending those recipes out. You can be prepared for the holiday season. We all like to cook together. But more importantly, 
You're going to start hearing a lot about the metaverse. I talked a little bit about it yesterday, and I wrote about it in my daily email, uh, and I, I provided a review of the Oculus. So in full disclosure, Facebook sent me one of their new Oculus 2 headsets. For those of you who don't know what this is, it's a virtual reality headset. You put this box on your head, and you are immersed in a whole new world. You look up, you look down, you you look behind you, you are in the world. It is a fascinating bit of technology. And my 12-year-old tells me it is the greatest gaming platform he has experienced. We got an Xbox and a Nintendo Switch in the house, and he loves the Oculus above all others. There aren't a ton of games, but there are some good ones. Man, there is a Darth Vader game, and it is crazy. You get in this thing, and you're fighting lightsabers, you can hear Darth Vader coming because you can hear him breathing. And the crazy thing is the way it's designed, the people in the room with you, unless the volume is turned up too loud, they can't hear anything. It's so wild. I'm I'm kind of I'm more impressed than I was, but I'm concerned as well. Because you know, I think Aldous Huxley was right more than Orwell. Essentially, George Orwell's vision of the future was that we were going to be controlled and uh by institutions and uh, Huxley's vision was that we were going to be uh, entertained so much that we wouldn't care about the world around us. And Huxley's vision is playing out here. People just want to be entertained. It's like um, Maximus in the arena. Are you not entertained? People want to be entertained. And we are in brave new world territory more than we are in 1984 territory. We're there too. It's, it's an amalgamation. It's like the bastard love child of Huxley and, and Orwell. That's where we're living right now. But I'm concerned that people get into these virtual worlds and they're not going to want to come out because they can create a world of their own. Um, I see some good in it, though. It's just for it. And you all, you actually really do feel like you're there. That's the craziest thing. Uh, if you're looking for like a game console system, though, I for your kids for Christmas, the Oculus, my kid, I mean, he gives it two thumbs up. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com.